Welcome to the Dwelling Place Church audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We pray God speaks to you today through this message and through his word. For more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. Now, it's time to listen to this week's message. I'm going to read from Luke chapter 1 if you want to begin to turn there, if you a hard copy Bible, or if you want to turn to your Bible app, they'll put it on the screen as well. But also, let me just say, I want to thank those on the welcome team that serve each and every week, uh, whether it rains or whether it doesn't rain, and uh, just grateful for them. How many of you appreciate that they are willing to facilitate helping make people, guests, those that come for the first time, find their spot, find their place, and to be welcome? That's a blessing, Amen. There, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that can sort of uh, turn you away from an experience, but, but going to a place that doesn't make it clear that they're expecting you is not a good experience. So we are thankful for those that use of their time and uh, their effort to let people know we are expecting you, been expecting you, and you are welcome here. also want to thank uh, Meredith and Michelle and the team with the Christmas decorations, I'm grateful that they don't leave that up to me and uh, to do it and just thankful for their service and time in facilitating such things. I did want to give you a a report. We got a, a letter, you know, there's different seasons in the cycle, the life cycle of this community where we have outreaches lined up more than other months. And uh, in the summer, we have several that hit sort of back-to-back, but October, November, December is one of those as well. And um, for years now, we've been honored to be able to partner with the city, specifically the, um, the fire department, uh, Woodstock Fire, and, you know, serving at their firehouse open house, which, uh, if you're not familiar our land will be the head of part of their trail system in the city, okay? And when you take the trail and you go to the other end of it, it comes out right at the firehouse. And so uh, not only are we partnering with their event each year, but really we are connected physically and with the future of the city and plans that are in place. But uh, it just, the letter said... um, We wanted to take a moment to express our gratitude for your support in our open house. And it says, your team's role was outstanding again. The way they worked with the children is a gift. We are grateful that you choose to volunteer with us to serve the community. Uh, The smiles on the children's faces as they were given gifts were awesome. And it continues to go on. And it says, just so you know, maybe you're not uh, aware, they saw over 4,000 citizens at this year's event. Yeah, gave out over 800 helmets and stickers and provided over 1,100 hot dogs. A lot of hot dog eaters still in our country. And, uh, of course, they're going to host the event again next year and invited us, as always, to be back. So all you who serve not only at Firehouse Open House but in Christmas Jubilee and the events know that it is a key, pivotal Part of what God's called this community, Dwelling Place Church, to do. 
and manifesting Christ in many ways to many people. So thank you for that. Luke chapter 1 beginning in verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. I want to preach a message today titled, A Pentecostal Christmas. A Pentecostal Christmas. Let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I yield the best I know how to the Holy Spirit. For He alone can reveal Jesus to hearts, to heads, to homes. And we ask that His kingdom, Lord, would endure in all of our lives, that it would come, that You would be glorified. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Here we have the scriptural story in the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of the coming of the Son of God. And the angel is sent from God to Mary. And notice these words. The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Here we see the work and the value and the role of the Holy Spirit of God in the Christmas story. So often in Western Christianity, people are familiar with the phrase, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they confuse, unfortunately, that all of the Word of God is called the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is incorrect. In fact, you read Mark 1.1, it says, and this is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Scripture calls all of itself, when it refers to all of it, as the gospel of God. This is important because the gospel is about the role of each of the persons of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We are not oneness Pentecostals. We don't believe that there's just Jesus. We're not like uh, Judaism of Jesus' days that talked about God as creator but rejected the Son. It is the gospel of God. It is the good news that God the Father has acted in and through the Son and the power of His Spirit. The Spirit of God is involved in the whole story of God. When it comes to the gospel of God, there's also God the Holy Spirit. So much of Western Christianity has stopped short of the fullness of the gospel of God and the fullness of who God is and how God has revealed Himself. Just like the Jews in Jesus' day stopped short of receiving Him, so many in Western Christianity stopped short of the role of the Spirit of God. They're okay with the idea of God as Creator and, and God as Father and Jesus Christ as Lord and Son, and yet there is a diminishing of the role of God the Holy Spirit so often, and that is unbiblical. When you think about Pentecost as the title of my message today is a Pentecostal Christmas, that refers specifically normally when used to Acts 2. When the Holy Spirit of God came 
in his full New Testament role and ministry. See, the new covenant wasn't established until Jesus, the Son of God, right, shed his blood and gave his body willfully and joyfully to be broken for you and I. And it was in his flesh and his body and his blood that was given that the new covenant was established by God the Father. And then once the covenant was established in Acts 2, both the Father and the Son poured out the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Okay? However, we must never forget that the Holy Spirit of God was active from the very beginning and the very beginning of creation. All throughout, even in the Old Covenant, you still see God the Holy Spirit active and involved in the story of redemption and the story of God. And this brings us to that phrase again in our main text. The angel answered and said to, Eric, uh, to Mary when she questioned, Well, how will this be? She said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Can I remind us or tell some of us that maybe is new to biblical Christianity that the gospel of God is about me being overshadowed. The gospel of God is about us being overshadowed. The gospel of God is about you being overshadowed. We in the West say we understand the gospel, but in practice, in practice our spiritual understanding often seems suspect. What do I mean by this? I have found people who believe in Jesus, but daily live their lives with themselves being the center. They live daily with themselves being the center. Still consumed with themselves. Now part of this is because the gospel has been wrongly taught and understood being something primarily valuable and necessary for the afterlife or for eternity. This was the gospel that I received growing up in traditional mainline denominational church experience. It was a gospel of sins forgiven and one day heaven. But that worldview or that framework lacks kingdom understanding. It is an incomplete just heaven and hell framework. And with that framework though, most people have hope for what is to come one day. But while we wait for it, we're just barely surviving in the meantime. But scripture says, but faith is now. Faith, this life of the new covenant, has relevant application and power and wisdom for us now. So this is why oftentimes so many believers are still consumed with themselves. Meaning they're still seeking to be great. They're still seeking to be competent. They're still seeking to be praised. They're still seeking to be accomplished. They're still seeking attention. They're still seeking to be talked about. They're still seeking and consumed with themselves so they're comparing and measuring themselves against other people. But listen, the gospel is seeking to overshadow you. The gospel is seeking to overshadow your humanness with His power, with the Holy Spirit's presence. This is the gospel of God. 
To overshadow your you, in quotes, with Him. To overshadow what you can do with what He can do. To overshadow your you. See, if our you, in quotes, was so great, then Jesus would not have needed to be born and to die the death of the cross. Here we see in our text that Mary was to be overshadowed. And Mary was overshadowed. But maybe some listening today, we need to be reminded, Mary today is still to be overshadowed. It, of course, was saddening when Michelle and I, for our 20th anniversary, was in Spain. And as we visited many cathedrals and saw many Catholics there in different worship contexts, and we looked around the cathedrals, it was so saddening to see how much Mary or others was overshadowing the reality of Jesus Christ the King. Uh, I made a joke just to her because if you don't learn to have jokes in life when you can see the world for what it is, you're going to have a rough ride at life if you don't keep laughter and loosen up some with the difficulties and the saddening and the brokenness of humanity and what Satan and his kingdom has done. But in this one large cathedral... They had all these different spaces where individual sort of um, cathedrals within the, the main cathedral. And we finally came to this one and it was, it was the chapel of Jesus Christ. And I said, well, bless God, finally Jesus in all this space gets space dedicated to Him. I thought the, the whole church was for the King, Jesus Christ. But at least he had one little space in there. The point is, is even today, you and I, us as humans, are to be overshadowed by God and His power. God did not create a gospel where He's looking for you to perform and to try to accomplish something great to impress Him or impress others. The gospel is about us being overshadowed with the greatness of the Son of God, with the greatness of His power. Notice in verse 32 that the angel said to Mary, He will be great. You know what the angel didn't tell Mary? You will be great. So many people in our churches are still trying to live with a false understanding, with a worldly economy, a worldly framework, that the gospel is about making you and I great. No, no, no. The angel says, no, Jesus will be great. Now she got to be a part of his story. But it is about his story. And this leads me to the question that I have asked myself often and want to ask all of us today. Who is tired of living from you? Who's tired? Of living from you. If you're tired of living from you, then the gospel is good news for you. Because God is ready to overshadow you. He's ready to overshadow you with His Holy Spirit. He's ready to overshadow you with His power. 
from on high. I want to highlight three areas quickly and simply today that God wants to overshadow in our lives. He wants to overshadow your understanding, number one. He wants to overshadow your experience, number two. And He wants to overshadow what you can conceive. Let me talk for a moment first about overshadow your understanding. You know, Pastor Craig, last week when he kicked off the message, he talked about the likelihood and the reality of Mary's youthfulness and how young she truly was. Betrothed to an older man. Now, I don't know about you, but I find even with Google and even with science and even with the knowledge we have in our country, I still find there's a lot of 12 and 13 year olds when it comes to conception that doesn't have a lot of understanding. And that's good and that's fine. But it makes me think about Mary when this angel comes to her. Like how much does she really understand or know about the birds and the bees so to speak? How much has she really already been taught through her parents or the Jewish culture? I would like to present that she has limited understanding. She did, however, know it required a man because that's how she replies to the angel. How will this be if I don't know a man? And that is unfortunately more than some of the lunacy and delusions of the culture you and I live in today. But what's interesting is though Mary probably didn't have great depth and understanding of that due to her age, yet it was not a hindrance. Why? Why was her lack of understanding not a hindrance in the story and what God was wanting to do? Because to the person who will believe and trust God, lack of understanding is not an issue. To the one who will take God at His word and trust Him, lack of understanding is not an issue. Here's the point. You and I do not have to lean on our own understanding. We can trust the Holy Spirit to overshadow it. Hallelujah. Did you know that the Scriptures call the Holy Spirit the Spirit of understanding? Scripture calls the Holy Spirit the Spirit of wisdom. Scripture calls the Holy Spirit the Spirit of revelation. In 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, Paul says that the manifestation of the Spirit that there's a manifestation of the words of knowledge and there's a manifestation of the Spirit called the words of wisdom. The point is, is that our lack of understanding is not a hindrance when we will trust and acknowledge that the Holy Spirit's understanding can overshadow our lack of understanding. Does anybody here today or listening want to be known for what the Lord knows, not just with what you know? Think about that. You and I as the people of God can be known for what God knows, not just for what we know. We don't have to lean upon just our own knowledge and understanding, but we can access the God of all knowledge and truth and wisdom that's found in Jesus Christ, His Son. I think about the story in Matthew 17. I'll read it, and if you're not familiar with it, it says, Now after six days... Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, 
it is good for us to be here, if you wish. That's interesting. Is it good or not good? It is good for us to be here, but if you wish, let us make here three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, that reminds me of walking around those cathedrals. One for Mary, there was one for this so-called saint, and there's one for Jesus. But while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear Him. Here we see a little example of what we're talking about. Peter in his own understanding, depending upon his own understanding, said, Lord, it's good for us to be here and to remain here. Let us build three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And as he's leaning upon his own understanding, guess what happens? God the Father overshadows him and says, No, hear Jesus. Hear the King. You and I need our understanding to be overshadowed. Overshadowed by hearing from the King and what He knows and what He understands. Who today is tired of living from you? Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your career. Maybe it's dealing with money and things in life. But who is tired of living from you? Of living and depending upon your own understanding to try to figure out the combination and figure out the locks and figure out all the issues when it comes to the different areas of your life. The good news is, is the gospel wants to overshadow your understanding. That God has a power from on high that can overshadow overshadow us depending on our own understanding when it comes to our marriage, when it comes to raising our children, when it comes to stewardship and finances, when it comes to our career path and what God has for us. Now I would present that some of you, the reason you aren't tired yet of living from you is because you have strong understanding in many areas of life. You've been able to learn. You've been able to get an education. You've been able to go to school. You've been able to take advantage of the opportunities that America presents to us. You've been able to access knowledge and you've been able to gain understanding that has acquired and helped you in many ways of life. But here's the question I want to present and challenge you with. If all of that can take place in your life with your natural understanding, how much more is possible with God's understanding? See, listen to me. The gospel is to be an advantage for God's people compared to just people depending and trusting and leaning upon their own understanding without God. The gospel gives us access to a power and an understanding from on high that is to make us distinct from the natural people or the unbelievers around us that don't have access to that power of God's understanding. And so my challenge for some of you is, yes, you maybe have good understanding in, in your career and, and in areas of life because you've been able to learn. But how much more could take place in your life if you invited and accessed and allowed 
you to be overshadowed by God's power from on high. So God wants to overshadow your understanding, my understanding, our understanding. Secondly, God wants to overshadow your experience. When you think about Mary, Mary not only had a lack of understanding probably all that takes place in the marriage covenant and the birds and the bees and sexual relationships between a husband and a wife and, and all the science that's involved and that, but she also neither had any experience with a man. What we see from this story though is though her lack of experience did not hinder what God wanted to accomplish. You and I do not have to have experience in order to be successful in what God has for us. Think about it. If you have to have experience before you can have God's experience and will in your life, that means the only way to experience what God has for us is to always fail from a lack of experience. No, no, no. You and I have access because of Jesus to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And did you know the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of life? Meaning that you and I, through the power from on high, can be able to experience the life that God has for us despite our experience up to this point in life. Listen, you don't have to experience all these other things in order to experience God's will. God wants to overshadow your you and the you of your experience for you to experience the life God has for you. It's the Holy Spirit of God that makes the life you and I are called to possible. It's not our experience. Think about it. There's many people that are more experienced than you and I, maybe in the things of the world, and yet they're not experienced the life that God has for them. So why then as believers who have access to God's power do you and I think, well, I need to have more experience before I can experience God's will for my life? No, no, no. The gospel is not about you and I getting and gaining more experience. The gospel is about God wanting to overshadow our experience and give us the experience of the life He made possible through Jesus Christ who was born. And so, does anybody want to be known for, the, for what the Lord has experienced? I don't want to just be known for what I've experienced. I want to be known for what the Lord has experienced because the Lord was before Moses. The Lord is the Alpha and the Omega. The Lord has experienced all the history of creation and all that's ever happened on the earth. And so I don't need to experience all of history and all that's ever happened on the earth if I access His power of Him who has experienced it all. I think about in Exodus 4 and verse 10. If you're not familiar with the story, the man named Moses, I spoke of him a couple weeks ago, how God apprehended him to be an instrument of his deliverance for a people that he was forming, forming into a nation, forming into a culture that would be a light to bear his statutes and his righteousness to the nations of the world that have been defiled in the own inclinations of their heart and their mind through then demon worship and idolatry and Moses has fled his place of upbringing in Egypt and he's been in the desert watching his father-in-law's sheep and 
a bush begins to burn and he turns aside and God in that moment encounters him and speaks to him. Moses replies to the Lord in this moment in Exodus 4.10. Then Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, watch this, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. But he said, O my Lord, please send by the hand of whoever else you may send. Look at the Lord's response. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. Why is this? Because to the person who will believe and trust God, lack of experience is not an issue. That's what God's saying. God's saying, Moses, it doesn't matter that you've never been used as a deliverer before. Moses, it doesn't matter that you've never went and challenged the greatest government authority on earth at this time. Who has formed your mouth? Who has called you? Who's the maker of heaven and earth? Who created the idea of government in the first place? It is I. What is God saying here? He's saying what the gospel story tells us. God wants to overshadow our experience. God wants to overshadow your experience. That our experience, our lack of experience, is not a hindrance to what God can do and wants to do to the one who will trust Him at His word. Can I hear an amen? So maybe, you know, you say, well, I'm newly married. I've not experienced enough of marriage to know how to, to sacrificially love my spouse or, or how to manage the affairs of the home. Listen to me. You have access to the God that created the idea of marriage. You have access to the one who has experienced and behold and seen every marriage. And so our lack of experience doesn't disqualify us. When we have access to a God who can qualify us with His power, Come on, that we can access the life that He's made possible. Maybe in your career you say, you know what, if I had more years in my field, that then I would have more doors of opportunity given to me. Or, or I would be able to put in for more jobs. Or I would be able to have a transfer. Can I tell you that your lack of experience doesn't matter to the gospel of God? That absolutely you can be overshadowed from your experience and God can raise you up out of a place of isolation. He can open doors that no man can close. That we have a God overshadow your experience hallelujah but some of you the reason you aren't tired of living from you is because you have a deep life experience you've had the opportunity to encounter many different types of experiences in life maybe to travel and it's provided a richness and depth of richness in your life but here's my question and challenge again to you if all that can take place in your life with your natural experience, how much more is possible with God's experiential equipping presence in your life if you'll allow Him to overshadow you? How much more is available? So the gospel we see and we see in our story of the birth of Jesus Christ the King is God wants to overshadow your understanding. Secondly, He wants to overshadow your experience and then thirdly, he wants to overshadow what you can conceive. When you think about the word conceive and conception, it means what you can create. God 
through the gospel wants to overshadow what you and I can create in our own ability, with our own hands, with our own imagination, with our own human power. When you think about Mary, without knowing a man, Mary can't conceive a child on her own. Without knowing a man, Mary can't, through her own ability, give birth to a child. But the gospel here reminds us is that in the gospel story, we're no longer on our own. We're no longer having to live from you. We're no longer having to live from our, from our own understanding, from our own experience, from our own ability of what you and I can create and build. Did you know that the Holy Spirit in Scripture is called the Spirit of Might? That the gospel is saying you and I no longer have to live depending upon our own might on what we can build, what we can create, but we have access through Jesus to a power on high, the Holy Spirit of God, to God's ability. Does anybody want to be known for what the Lord can do, not just for what you can do? How the Lord can overshadow your ability? How the Lord can overshadow your natural talents and your natural inclinations, that He can overshadow it with His power. I think about Peter's shadow. Maybe you're unfamiliar, but in the early church, Peter was one of the apostles that made it through the Lord's process of discipleship. And then he became selected to be with him in ministry, and he became one of the 12 apostles. And he was sent forth to bear witness to the reality that Jesus Christ was King and Lord, that though he was crucified, The prince of life couldn't stay down, but God raised him from the dead, vindicated him. And in Acts 5.15 it says that people, wherever Peter would go, they would bring the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. That they would be healed, that they would be delivered. But the text, Dr. Luke who wrote it, he believes that you're going to have enough of the backstory to get the real story that it's not Peter's shadow. That you're going to remember that on the Mount Transfiguration, Peter had already learned that he needed to be overshadowed with the power, with the voice, with the king from above. And now we see Peter living in the reality of hearing him and being overshadowed and we see what God can do through a life of a person that's willing to be overshadowed. And it's not Peter's shadow that's healing and delivering. It's the Lord's overshadowing Peter. And therefore, the greatness of the Lord is being manifested. See, Peter learned on the mount to be overshadowed by the king. Who's tired today of living from you? Maybe you're tired finally of trying to conceive what needs to be conceived in relationships in your life. You're tired of through your own ability trying to bear fruit fruit of a spirit that you can't bear of yourself. Maybe in your career you're finally getting to a place of you're tired of seeing what you and your own ability can achieve and accomplish. The gospel is good news then for you. The gospel is today be of cheer. You can be overshadowed with the power from on high. Some of you, however, though, the reason you aren't tired of living from you is because you have strong ability in your career. You have had the ability to be recognized and accomplished in your career field with the natural ability that God has given you. But here again is my question and challenge. If that can take place with your natural ability, how much more is possible with God's divine Holy Spirit ability upon your life? 
upon your career, His might upon your life. As the story continues, look at Luke 1, 37. As Mary continues to interact with the angel that God has sent to her, and Luke 1, 37 The angel says to her, For with God nothing will be impossible. When you continue to experience, to taste, to eat the fruit in areas of life, where things seem impossible, where things don't seem plausible or possible. That is God in His mercy trying to get you back to a spiritual understanding of what the gospel is is the first place. Is that you're no longer to live just from you. And what is impossible when you're living just depending on you, your own experience, your own understanding, your own ability, your own ability to create. I don't know. God has made possible His power. That with Him, what is impossible when we're living just from us becomes possible when we're willing to be overshadowed by His power. To live from Him, to live from His resource, to live from His ability. Listen, for with God nothing will be impossible. For with God, nothing will be impossible. See, God is always doing something. For nothing is impossible for Him. It's impossible for God to do nothing. God is always doing something because nothing is an impossibility to God. God is always doing something. Because God is never not doing anything. Now when you hear, for with God nothing will be impossible, say it another way. For with God everything will be possible. For with God everything will be possible. When you and I take heed to the gospel and hear the good news of the gospel and seek trying to live from you and from yourself. What was impossible just for you becomes possible when you and I live from the gospel. When we live from the source of the power that God provides from on high. So God is always doing something for nothing is impossible for Him. But watch this. But God can do more than something. God can do everything. God can do everything that is possible. He can do. I'll say it again. So God is always doing something. For nothing is impossible for Him. But God can do more than something. God can do everything. What I desire for the people of God is that there would be places moments and events in their life and then it becomes the testimony of their life. 
of a life that has only been made possible because of God. And I mean God's supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. I don't mean a life that God made possible just because of natural things that other unbelievers have access to. Like natural talents. Like things you were born with. Natural positive traits of your personality. Education. Opportunities of culture and the nation we live in. No, no, no. I'm talking about that as the people of God, our experience and the banner over our life would be one that if it were not for God, this would have never happened in my life. When you think about your marriage, when you think about raising your children, when you think about your career, when you think about your business, when you think about your finances, when you think about your emotions, your mental health, when you think about your physical body, what if you allowed you to be overshadowed with the gospel of God where it said, if it were not for the power of the Holy Spirit, this would not be possible. I want to look at your life and I want to be silenced from ever thinking that you through the natural abilities and things that God gives every human access to, that that's why that was done in your life. I want to look over your life as a spiritual leader and be amazed at the power from on high that you've allowed to overshadow your you. That your life is a declaration of the reality of the gospel. That it's a gospel not about us and you being the spotlight and the focus, but it is a gospel that God has made possible. What could God do in your business? What could God do in 2023 in your finances? What could God do in your mental health and your emotions? What could God do in your relationship? What could God do through this church that says, you know what, I'm tired of living from you, from self. Lord, overshadow me in this area. Overshadow me in this area. See, God made this possibility of being overshadowed. He made it possible through the Son of God. And He makes it experiential through the Spirit of God. Did you notice that the angel said, Who is to be born will be called the Son of God. See, listen to me. What is conceived, created, and born of the Spirit of God is always for the Son of God. It is a false dichotomy in the West where people say, oh, I'm all about Jesus. So I'm all about Jesus. Well, listen. It's the Holy Spirit of God who makes possible Jesus actually being more glorified and spotlighted. So a person who diminishes talking about, depending upon the scriptural highlighting of the power of the Holy Spirit because they're all about Jesus, it's a false humility and it's a false dichotomy and it's deceit. Because if you and I want Jesus to be glorified, It's the Holy Spirit of God that makes the true glorification possible. When we talk about what is conceived, created, and born of the Spirit of God for the Son of God, that means it's for His praise. It's for His glory. This is what it means for something to be for His name. Do you know why so many 
times you and I are unwilling to be overshadowed because we're living from a brokenness of our past. Whether it's a father wound, whether it's rejection from a teacher, whether it's friends that made fun of us in school, but we're living from a liar or a wound of fear and hurt and we're trying to prove to some audience, some audience of the past, that our you is good enough. And I'm telling you, that's the trap of the devil to keep you and I locked out of accessing the power and the wisdom of the gospel. That the gospel is not about what you and I could achieve. It's about willing to be overshadowed by the power of God and see what His greatness can do through our life. How much praise He can get at of our life. See Romans 11.36, come on band. says, For of Him and through Him and to Him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Here's a great point, friends. When a believer is willing to accept the gospel is about Christ overshadowing their life, Christ then can demonstrate His greatness through that life. When a believer is willing to accept the gospels about Christ overshadowing their life, then Jesus' throne and kingdom can increase in the lives of the people around us. When a believer is willing to accept the gospels about Christ overshadowing their life by the power of the Holy Spirit, then more people will encounter Jesus who saves us from our sin. When a believer is willing to accept the gospel as about Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit overshadowing their life, then new manifestations of Christ can be born in empty places, in mangers, in fields, in inns, in the outcast places. Christ can be born and manifested. In new places. Is anybody tired of living from you? Is anybody tired of seeking the applause and the praise of an audience from your past or an audience of this world that would turn on you if they knew the depth of who you were and who you recognize, but are willing to be overshadowed in your understanding by the power of the Holy Spirit and the understanding that He can provide? Is anybody willing to have your experience overshadowed with the experience of Almighty God through Jesus Christ the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit? Is anybody ready to be overshadowed from what you can conceive and create and maintain and stabilize and hold together because you're willing to allow the power of the Holy Spirit from on high to overshadow your own ability and what you can create? Because when you're ready for that, that is a Pentecostal Christmas. A Pentecostal Christmas is the words in our main text. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Listen to me friend. There is no birth of Jesus. There is no Christmas without the power from on high. There is no true gospel of God without the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. See we have had in America a watered down gospel because culture has allowed us opportunities just like unbelievers had opportunities 
opportunities to do things and to have stable lives and prosperous lives. But I'm challenging by the Holy Ghost this morning, the people of God in the West, what could God do with His church in the West for a people willing to be overshadowed? To be overshadowed where God would do something and you would have to honestly tell your boss, it's not because of my understanding, it's not because of my experience, it's not because I could create it, but the power of God came upon me and gave me that idea. The power of God came upon me and gave me that understanding. It wasn't my own eloquence. It wasn't my own marketing strategy. God gave me that marketing strategy. God gave me that connection. God gave me that open door. What could take place if you and I were willing to be overshadowed? That when it happened, we just looked around amazed like everybody else and said, if it was not for the power from on high, this would not have taken place. There's been a lot of good things that's taken place in my life that didn't require the power from on high happening. God used my natural talents. He used my natural learning. He used my experiences that He gave me. But I'm telling you, God wants some things to happen in our life, in our home, in our career, in our finances, in our relationships, and in this church that if it was not for the power of the Holy Spirit, that thing would never have been born. That thing would never have come to pass. That thing would never have been created. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, that just might be the key to what we're facing to get that building built right over there on Springfield Drive. That you all and we all have depended to our own ability and given what we in our own ability can do to bring us to the place where we own the land and we reached our His Blueprint campaign. But maybe to finally see it built, we all got to be willing to be overshadowed and said, Lord, even through our own faithfulness, we can't bring it to pass. Lord, even with our own faithfulness in our jobs, through our tithing, we can't bring it to pass. But we're willing to be overshadowed. We're willing to stand in the midst of the new building and says, if it wasn't from the power of the Holy Spirit and His favor that came, this never would have happened. That we in our own ability, through our own giving, couldn't make it happen. But God saw fit to display in Woodstock, Georgia, the goodness of His gospel. That you and I don't have to live from you. You and I don't have to live from our own resources, our own understanding, and our own experience. We can live now from the supernatural power from on high that He's made possible through Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org.